Welcome to the Tiba Purpose Lift Podcast Series in conversation with Gia Whitehead, Tiba Business School co-founder and chairperson. Welcome, Lee. Um, thank you for joining the Purpose Lift Conversations with me, Gia Whitehead, and the Tiba chair and co-founder with you, who ah. has also been instrumental. <laughs> in getting Tiba to where it is today. Um, so Lee, as you know, we've, we've, we really created an institution um, which has worked to enable social justice and a bright future for young people. And we've done that in a really unique way um, around entrepreneurship, leadership, the discovery of purpose, and integrated social engagement in all curricula, which are defining in the Tiba learning journey. And the theme of Purpose Lived has thus always underpinned and driven our work and our approach to education. And living with purpose, the discovery of our own unique purpose journey and doing so for the collective is what we believe people are capable of and what makes us fully human as committed, caring, um, family, community, and global citizens. And that brings us to our conversation with you today. Lima and I thank you and welcome. These are our podcast series. Um, thank you for making the time for living your purpose and sharing some of your journey and thoughts on the subject. Lee, get started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself in a few short minutes, what you do, what you've done, and what you're doing now? <laughs> uh, gee, I think maybe one of the best, I mean, how it's so hard, right? But I think maybe I'd start by saying I'm a passionate South African. I feel very lucky to live in this place in the world and in these times. I'm in my 40s now. I have two kids. Um, and I, uh, with, together with you and two others, co-founded SIBA in my 20s. That was a huge privilege to be allowed to get away with that at such a young age. So I, sometimes I describe myself as a, as a social entrepreneur in education. I spent almost two decades there. And then consciously chose to step out and, and hand over um, and then wanted to do something equally meaningful and something that has been calling me for a long time, um, has been working with people at the end of their lives in death and dying. So now I work with hospices and palliative care. And I kind of feel like I'm on my third life. I dreamed of starting a school, it became a university. I dreamed of having kids, I have two and nine godsons. And now I feel like in my, in my early thirties, I'm onto my third life, I feel very lucky. Amazing. Lee, where does your purpose of story start? You've told us a little bit about how, what you've done. Um, do you feel like living on purpose means doing what truly matters to you in alignment with your values and beliefs? the alternative take on purpose um, that, that maybe we'll explore here today. But I think to start by saying I I was quite a serious kid, no surprises there. I've always been searching. Since two, I was reading my grandmother's spiritual texts and trying to figure out why am I here and what's this all about? I, I was so serious and so earnest. I burnt myself out in my teens and I spent that year sleeping, reading the collective works of Carl Jung and Viktor Frankl. So I think, I think that has hugely influenced the way I've lived my life because I've always been asking why, why am I here? Um, and um, earnestly, which we all do, I've been searching very earnestly. And a light bulb, one of the light bulb moments for me was when I was 
15 back back at high school and and South Africa was democratizing and I just knew I tell people I was born backwards most people don't discover their their purpose that early but I knew at 15 that I wanted to be a part of developing the next generation of leaders the ones that would step in once Mandela died and Tutu died and and that's exactly where we are now so I again once again I feel very lucky to be alive in South Africa in these times and be allowed to be a part of that great experiment Amazing. And in terms of like the world with that, as you know, has immense challenges, how do you like to go forward on this theme? Um, can the concept of, of purpose live take humanity forward? I think it can, but that's kind of where I sometimes come in with my alternative sort of take on purpose. I think people sometimes define and there's an element of purposes follow your bliss, do what you love, do what you excel at, um, joy, et cetera, et cetera. I often say to people, look to your pain. Look to, look to what has hurt you in your life. Look to what's unresolved. Look to, look to your sadness. Because often we're most motivated to make the world a better place so that other people don't have to um, feel what we felt, deal with what we dealt with. Um, and so, you know, I look around in a very unequal world and as a very privileged South African, but taking it all the way and terribly personally, and, you know, this is to talk honestly and frankly, and, you know, to take, you know, I, I grew up with very young parents who were fighting all the time and eventually divorced in my teens. And, and the meta skill that I learned and the pain that I carried was how to build family, how to create functional units at work, how to how to how to hold I was you know elder sister of four parenting in some sense of taking helping my 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 siblings through 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 a household that was rocky and and so and so you know no surprise that we spoke about Tiba's family all those years um that I knew how to be an MD in my 20s I I, I that was my meta skill that life taught me to practice that was my healing is creating family creating but now not just in a nuclear sense in our society you know white black young old and that's what I love most about SIBA is it it knit people through very different circumstances together so a bit of a ramble try to explain it uh, you know make it practical with that example but I think I think it can take us forward it can be healing but I think it's it means engaging with our shadow it means engaging with our pain it means willing to not only talk about joy, but um, to, to transmute. And I think that's real, real, real healing, if that makes sense. And that, that links to what I was going to ask you about how do we in, like inspire it? How we, do we get other people to do it too? And, and, and also like what you're saying is how do we expect people to, who are burdened with poverty and to you know, worry about their next meal to be living purpose lives. Um, and maybe it is that exactly what you're saying is going back to those those hard times. But how do you how do you go from there? Yeah, sometimes gee, for some people it's, you know, many people, it's never again, not my children, you know. I'll make sure that my children get better education or don't have to sweep streets. You know, that that comes from pain and that leads many people to to you know do amazing things so that you know the next generation is 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 stronger so i think we start by being willing to look into those painful places um 
and uh, and yeah, and 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 look what challenges we life is presenting with us right now. I don't think, you know, um, I was chatting with a mentor of mine and saying, you know, I, I think a lot these days as a mother and someone who's getting older about what it means to be a great, what it means to be a good ancestor. And she was like, yeah. My mentor said to me, I'm an in the moment person. You know, it's great to look out there and want to be a big purpose or make a difference. But often our purpose is in the challenges life is presenting right in front of us right now. We don't have to go looking. Um, it's often right under our noses. It's in our pain. It's in our families. It's in our outside our door of our homes. Um, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's often looking us in the right in the in the face um yeah and I think that's one of the things that Seba in the early days in terms of the leadership and understanding who you are and, and those those internal personal elements first before you can go out there into the world and you're in the community and you were a big part of that Lee mm -hmm. and is there a person in your life who has really embodied a life of purpose other than you which you, you need to be proud of Oh, so many, G. I feel again, I think, I, and then again, I'm, you know, I'm maybe, I, I believe that um, when we follow our purpose, we get support. And so around the time of 15, you know, my those late years when my parents were divorcing and I kind of knew what my purpose was, it's amazing, but wonderful people came into my life. Um, uh, two, two of them, um, Valerie Morris and Judy Becker, um, were two just, I call them earth goddesses, but they just embodied a way of being a woman and being in the world and being connected to earth. Um, they did lots of amazing rites of passage work, which we then brought into Tsiba through the vision quests that we did and the rites of passage And they were work. here this morning. And they were here just this morning. So they, they continue yeah. and Judy's going to be launching her book soon. So I love that. They've, they've shown me, I guess I wrote a poem for Judy. I said, you know, you provided a template I could unfurl into. I didn't know it was possible to be until just, just their example, their way of being in the world has been huge for me. And then, uh, as you know well, I sing his praises all the time. When I had to intern at the age of 19, I met a man called Colin Hall, who was the executive chairman of Wall True. And, and again, he spoke about God and love in the boardroom. Like, I just didn't know it was that possible to be that authentic, that crazy, <laughs> you know, and, and that generous. And so people who are authentic and generous and brave and bold and kind um, have have really walked alongside me in my life and, and provided a template that I can unfurl into. And that's been huge. Amazing. Lee, and there's a huge shift towards sustainability and green and looking after the environment. And, you know, it's all in, interconnected. Um, who do you, who do we care for more? Do we care for the environment? Do we care for people, or can we do both? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a function of a very dualistic society that we live in. Um, I think that's when we, as human beings, separate ourselves out. We are man, and that is nature. I think we are hopefully learning more and more that we're inextricably linked. We can't separate ourselves out from our neighbor, from our nature. And goodness, life is teaching us that through the pandemic, through the climate crisis. So I think, I think that the more we realize our kinship with the earth, with animals, um, the more that we, we, we appreciate our deep interdependence. And, and, and again, the, just seeing how quickly COVID raced around the world showed us that 
this 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 dualistic way of thinking falls away um and um those don't become questions so much anymore as just it's things that we feel in our bodies it's a kinship we know and we act accordingly Lily, is there hope i don't know g i don't know maybe there isn't you know um i think about that a lot as a mom um what if humankind is dying you know the earth will survive us i'm not worried about the earth actually to be honest we might be killing ourselves um and so in a broader arc g i'm getting you know, to be very serious, um, I do wonder, are we attendants at the end of humankind's life? And what does that mean? My children hold the climate crisis, people of my sister, my children wonder if they can have children one day, maybe it's not quite that urgent and that quite radical. So the quote that I love, a quote I heard recently comes from um, Volvic, um, Vaclav Halvor. And he says along the lines of things, hope doesn't mean holding out for the outcome. Hope means doing the right thing. It's not quite the exact quote. So hope isn't, are we going to survive? Is the earth going to be okay? Um, no, hope is in how we show up every day. Do we keep looking out for our neighbor despite a pandemic, despite running out of money? Do we, we can choose when crisis hits, how do we respond? And so every day, how do we attend to the injustices, to the sadnesses? That's what gives me hope. If human beings, and you might have seen, sorry, this is a ramble. You might have seen, I think many of us have seen that the, the, the movie Don't Look Up. You know, while everyone else was going crazy, there was Leonardo DiCaprio calling a meal at his home, talking about good food, praying together, holding hands. Like, if the ship's going down, I think it matters how we go down. And that's what gives me hope, is the how, day to day. So assume you are, the ship's going down and you're having dinner. Who, if you could invite any three people, whether they're dead or alive, to be in that room and have a conversation, who would you invite? Oh, in that sense, I just want to be with my family. I think that's, that's what crises teach us, you know. They're wonderful, amazing people out there, but, you know, I want... I want my girls, I want my best friends, <laughs> you know, that's, those, um, those are my teachers, um, those are the people who keep reminding me of the person I want to be, um, so not a great answer, um, but if, if the ship was going down, I'd, I want to be around a table with my family, appreciating them, and making sure they knew how much I love them. Feel the family, um, and that's really important, yeah, is, is, you know, proud of what you have and, and keeping those around you, you know, um, and, and feeling that, you know, that's your purpose and that also what keeps you going. Mm. Steve, what are you most proud of in your life? Hmm. Um, gosh, gee, I mean, I, 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 you know, again, I, I will put it this way. I remember looking at the, at sitting at a raked lecture theater when the early days when I was still in my 20s, looking up at all our students and realizing also, talk about purpose, I've had a bolt, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm a mother, <laughs> you know? And I wasn't a, I wasn't a biological mother, but, but I think my greatest joy in life is watching people grow and blossom, you know? And so looking at that raped lecture theater, even though I was in my 20s and they were only maybe five years younger than me, 
the deep joy I felt at knowing that I'd walk with them for a little bit, that I'd be with them. And, and so I'm proudest of having been that person for a few people, for a couple of our students, for my daughters, for my nine godsons. I, I, I want to be that steady person for, for young people. And I don't always get it right, um, but I'm, I'm proud that I've been able to create structures, institutions, safe places, and just in my own being, steadiness. So that, like my mentors did for me, so that other people can unfurl into the templates they're meant to be. You really are living that, Lee, and you still are there for some of the people from 18, 20 years ago. Um, and I, I really believe that people who have a strong sense of purpose live longer, they have healthier hearts and are more psychologically resilient. Um, I mean, work is a great source of meaning. And if you have that purpose, you know, it's even associated to like people who, you know, when they retire like too early, you know, there's reduced longevity and high risk of dementia and so many other things. Um, does that resonate with you? Yes and no. I just I think I think we might miss the plot if we and I don't know if this is what you're saying, G, but to equate purpose and work, I think is doing us a disservice. Sometimes it is our day-to-day -day work and what we get paid for. I remember a dear friend of mine, Carl, who you knew, he was brilliant. He did amazing work. He made money, you know. But he said to me a few years before he died, suddenly he said, um, he said, Oh, Lily, he says, if I could just do what I want, I would cook for my friends. And I was like, You've got the money. Why don't you just let yourself cook for your friends? But it didn't feel noble enough. You know, all his friends were still out there in the world working, making more money. And actually all he wanted to do was cook for his friends, but it didn't feel valid. But you know, when he died and to this day, 12 years later, like on Monday, his best mate Anton's coming to my house. Why? Because we met around Carl's dinner table. You know, I'm part of a trust paying for other people's education. Carl left a legacy. We're, we're still connected. We're doing this because our friend... And we're connected because of the love we felt around his dinner table. And I wish Carl knew that. I hope maybe he's looking. I don't know if he can see that. You know, it's it's not his work in the world. If it's it's who he was was an amazing connector, and he made amazing food, and and that's his enduring legacy. And we cut ourselves short, and we miss out if we think it's only work. Um, it's so so as, as long as purpose isn't linked always sometimes if we're lucky enough it's what we get paid for but sometimes we miss a trick and we don't value ourselves enough um, and we lose context of what our legacy is by linking purpose only to work sometimes it's being a parent you know um, like I say making sure that your child gets a good education so that they can go to varsity and they jump the poverty gap that's maybe you need to sweep streets to do that but my God, that's purposeful. Yeah, I've got so many questions and we can go on for long before. Yeah, I've got one or two. And then before we finish is courage. What does that mean to you? And, and how do we inspire it to purpose? Did you say courage, G? Courage. Ah, so I have two ways of answering that. One, it comes from the French word encore, which is heart. So courage is heartfulness. Um, two, I always say our students often will come to me and go, you know, should I start a business? We study entrepreneurship, et cetera. I say, 
only do something when you feel this fire in your belly. Mary Oliver has this beautiful poem, Westwind number two. She says, you think you're young, so you jump in the boat, but start rowing, but listen to me. And she goes on so beautifully. She says, only when you feel that unmistakable pounding, and she invokes the metaphor of kind of approaching a, a, a rushing river going over a waterfall, she says, then row for your life towards it. So, so I think courage is when you know in your gut that something is right doing it then you know people often looked at me and they would say oh you're so brave to start SIBO or to have left school and done your matric you know in one year when it could have been two or whatever you know crazy things I've done or jump ship and go into a new sector or whatever but but it was because I trust my guts I would go no don't you get it I'm not brave I'm crazy you know it it was that craziness that comes from knowing I actually can't do anything else so courage um it's not really, I don't know, it's like feeling the fear and doing it anyway. It's not that corny stuff. It's this combination of heart and gut and trusting that over the voices in your head that go, be safe. It's, 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 it's living your life with heartfulness and, um, yeah, and an and, 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 and ability to trust yourself. That's beautiful, Lee. Thank you. Um... Yeah, I, I really believe that you have everything you need inside and you become who you're meant to be when you realize who you already are. Um, mm. and, and it's that inside. And like you say, you know, that courage, purpose, and also perseverance, I guess. So you've got to work at that. Um, Lee, thank you. You've really inspired us today and, and your insights were hugely valuable. Thank you for your time. And yeah, we look forward to engaging more. And you really are living your purpose and have lived. Um, so the last you. thing I just want to say about that, sorry, quickly, G, you reminded me just of the root of the word education. You know, it doesn't mean a filling. It means a taking out. You know, I think that's also what makes Siba so beautiful. We weren't there to fill people's heads. We were helped there to help them develop trust in their guts and their hearts and, and, and realize what you just said. Um, so it's inverting how we understand education as well. And we're all learning and it's ongoing learning and we're all learning together. Um, and that's what kind of brings us as a community, you know, to, to work towards. Thank you. Absolutely. Lovely to see you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye.